everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And <laughs> I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the voyagin. <laughs> but not really. No. Yeah. I'm more of a novice. You are. You're a beginner. I'm a beginner. Yeah. So this week we read a book. But before we got to that... Do you have something for us, Clayton? Oh, yeah. I just want to uh, uh, read a nice review that we got on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. from a girl who reads, and it's called Dreaming of This Podcast. She writes, do you have to read the romances before Clayton and Aaron do? No. <laughs> Will they make you want to read them? Yes. So listen at your peril. I just read Dreaming of You in a frantic haze of delight after listening to oh. their episode about it. This podcast is hilarious and fun and funny and smart. And I don't even listen to podcasts, but this is going to be a regular listening for me from now on. Oh, how amazing is that? Yeah. I love that she read Dreaming of You in a Frantic Haze. That's the only way I ever read that book, just because of my love for it. Oh, it's such a great book. It gets me frantic. I honestly wish that I could have reread it for the first time again. Yeah, one of those where you're just like, I wish I forgot it, didn't know it existed, and then I got to have that experience one more time. Like, if I could get hit, hit on the head... Mm-hmm. Walking under a construction site, mm-hmm. it's like a pipe just boink, and then I could find that book somehow. I would that would be like my dream. Wow. Yeah. Specific. Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for your guys' engagement. We yeah. love it. We love hearing from you. Writing reviews on Apple, every podcast asks for it, but it does help other people find us. Um, so it is important to do, and we really, really appreciate everybody who has taken the time to do it. It means a lot to us. Yeah. All right. So this week we read The Virgin Duet by Alexa Riley. Rage bubbles inside me as I look at the imposing double doors of his office. They reach all the way to the high ceiling and look like you'd have to use all your weight to push them open. On the other side is an arrogant asshole. If you push the doors open... He is probably sitting behind a giant desk, or maybe on a throne like a king. I guess he's king of this building. Mr. Vanilla, as I like to call him, just to piss him off, owns the place. I work in the coffee shop downstairs in the building's lobby. Well, I did, until about 15 minutes ago. I know he's the reason for my quick termination today, and I'm here to give him a piece of my mind. No way am I going back to the shelter. The coffee shop job barely afforded me enough money for the pay-by-the-week motel my older brother and I are staying at. We've been there for the past few months. But anything beats staying at the shelter. One week without a job, and it will force us back there. That's not something I can handle. Is that asshole boss of yours in there? I snap at the woman sitting at the desk in front of the double doors. Jerking her head up, she looks at me in shock. But a face quickly turns to disgust. So, judge the cover. Well, first, I, do this I, was our. F- <laughs> sorry, I always want to judge the cover. You do, and we're going to get to that. I okay, promise. Okay. Speaking of, because we sometimes forget, <laughs> we sometimes don't do it till the end, and that's why I always want to jump on it. Yeah, that's why I print out the notes for you now, so that you can see where we are at all stages. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I did jump the gun. You did. I'm sorry. Just don't let it happen again. All right. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. You'll do it again. She's pinching me really hard right now while she says that. (laughs) So speaking of engagement, hearing from you guys, this is our very first um, 
listener suggestion book, which is exciting. Uh, it was a- suggested on our Instagram under our Ice Planet Barbarians post from our Insta follower at Haley underscore Smith 93. She wrote this series, meaning Ice Planet Barbarians, only gets better. And you should read Alexa Riley books. The Virgin Duet is a good place to start. All right, Haley. So we're talking about it. All right. Now, Clayton's favorite segment, Judge a Cover. So the cover of this book is just uh, a young lady with her back to the camera, I guess. She's wearing, like, uh, underwear. And, like, is she wearing, like, a, a bustier or something with a oh, bow I on the back? I didn't notice that. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a bustier. Yeah, and then the the virgin in the virgin duet is bedazzled. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think this is a beautiful cover. You like the cover a lot. Yeah, okay. I think it's pretty. I think it's like, I like her hair. I mean, that's the way it is in the book, because she has that streaked purple and pink hair. I think it's, no, I think it's a, a pretty cover. I thought it was kind of sexy, too. Yeah. She's got a nice body. She does. She's wearing white, virginal. Listen, we pick up on subtleties. Yeah. So, Clayton, what was this book about? This book was about a young woman named Rebecca, or Bex, as she's called, who works at a coffee shop. And the first time we see her, she's been fired from the coffee shop because this rich guy whose name is Bray, he supposedly went down there and complained about her, which we find out is not the case. Well, kind of the case. Mm -hmm. She gets fired. She goes into his office. He works in this big office building because he is a businessman. We don't know what his business is, but we know that he's a billionaire. She comes in in her bra and panties. No, she's wearing pants. She's wearing pants. Bra. Yeah. Just her bra and pants. She's wearing pants. Are you sure? I thought she just had to give her shirt back. Oh, I thought she had to give her pants back. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess she probably just got those pants at like Kohl's or something. Yeah. So, okay. So she's just got her bra out. um, And she's yelling at this guy and he has already been in love with her we find out because he actually went to the manager of the coffee shop to say is everything okay with this girl because she's not nice to me anymore Hmm. and he decides to hire her as his live-in assistant but she just what is she supposed to do clean and make dinner dinner and it's $1,000 a week, and she lives there. So the thing with her is that she's been in and out of foster care. She's living in a motel with her brother, Sam, who was in the foster care system, too. We realize Bray is a virgin, and she's a virgin as well. So it's all about them trying to have a relationship, even though Sam, her brother, is kind of a scumbag and gets them tied in with this bad drug dealer named Nico. And uh, that's pretty much it. It was a weird book. It was odd. Yeah, because I think the things that you left out was the reason that um, Bray is still a virgin is because he's like a, tr- like a control freak to a level. Yes, like a psychotic is, level. He's a psychotic level of control freak where he doesn't... Because his, yeah, because he comes from a family of abuse, because his father abused his mother, because 
he kept saying he loved her so much, which I thought was upsetting. Uh-huh. Uh, he thinks that if he starts having sex with somebody that he might become too obsessed with them. And you know what? He happens. does. Yeah. Way to fulfill your own prophecy, bro. He, he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he has her move into the apartment. His penthouse. His penthouse. And she is also, like, not particularly a clean person. She doesn't clean up ever. and But she, like, makes, like, sick dinners, it seems like. Well, mm. she described her dinners. I was into them. But, and then, yeah, he's obsessed with her. Like, he tracks her phone. Yes, she doesn't have a cell phone. And he gives her a phone that has a tracker in it, mm-hmm. which is super gross. Yeah. Not is- that aren't. All of our phones are trackers, but he specifically is tracking her phone to make sure he can control her. Without her knowledge. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. It was much different in tone than anything we've read before. This, I think, is more along the lines of that Fifty Shades of Grey type of situation, right? I mean, I never read it, but the businessman thing, I think, is a huge trope Mm -hmm. in these books. Uh, And I'm not into it. I don't like men in suits. You don't like capitalism. I don't like capitalism. There's no fantasy for me in being controlled by somebody with money. Mm -hmm. That does not make me horny. That makes me angry. Mm -hmm. Um, And the relationship that this guy had with this woman, who we find out is 18 years old. And he's 32. He's 32. So we don't find that out until probably halfway through this book, and I was super grossed out because she acts very young. Mm-hmm. She does, She had pink and purple hair. She was a little bit rebellious, which I liked because she went into the office and she was giving him shit and throwing stuff around and breaking stuff, which I was like, yeah, give it to the man. You give it to the man. But then she starts to be like fall in love with a man. I was like, no, we don't like the man. We give it to the man. We don't love the man. Yeah. We give it to the man, not it to the man. No, no, no. Don't give that to the man. No pussy for the man. No pussy for the man. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I was looking for. And this guy is a real creep. Yes. And I felt no sympathy for somebody, even though he comes from a, a background of abuse he definitely has inside of him a very sick and obsessive side that he should get help for. Instead of being somebody who doesn't deal with his issues and becomes wound up super tight, he should have gone to somebody and gotten help. I know that's more difficult than actually just saying it, and he's also a fictional character, so that makes it very difficult. (laughs) But when I was reading this, I felt myself not getting that escapism I wanted and more looking at what was uh, dangerous about this book. Yes. What did you think? The same thing. I was very disturbed. There was, there was a storyline of uh, forced pregnancy, which I find um, unforgivable mm-hmm. as it's being framed as a romance because that's not romantic. And also she's 18. So that's sort of where I was at. And then I went back and I was sort of like thinking about it. And obviously like some one of our listeners suggested it. So I was like, well, why would somebody suggest it? And sort of what I came up with, it's like, it could be that, you know, exploring dangerous relationships or exploring 
situations that you necessarily don't want to be in, but you are interested in like what that feeling might be because it's a little bit dangerous. So it's like how a lot of women have uh, rape fantasies, but obviously do not want to be raped. It could be that nobody should or should seek out this relationship. If your relationship, you see it in this book, you should get out of that relationship. It is a destructive, bad relationship. But if it could be a thing where you're like, well, I want to, kind of feel like what it might be like to have somebody be that obsessed with me and have in like there be so attracted to me and want to like just like keep me locked in a penthouse apartment and just like have sex with me all the time like that could be kind of dangerous and fun I mean that's the only yeah. way that I could frame it otherwise it's just like this is a irresponsible book <laughs> frankly yeah because if you're modeling this as a romance which they certainly are this isn't a romantic relationship. This is an abusive relationship. Okay, so that was the thing that I, being so new to this genre of books, this smacked of porn, mm-hmm. not romance. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a fine line between the two. Uh, so with porn, I feel like there's there's not a level of answering to a higher kind of not morality, but like just a higher form of relationship, which is love. That is just about the dirty deeds and the taboos. What I'm looking for in romance Mm -hmm. is genuine connection between characters and not a girl who's been through a system that can be damaging and is too young to understand that this 32 year old Mm -hmm. is an awful person. Like, that's the thing that I, I, there was no escapism in this for me. And that's what I'm looking for in romance, personally. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we should, I'm not, I don't want to be litigating people's fantasies. That is not what I want to do. Because I probably have fantasies that people would say, oh, that's not, that's not right. Or that's not how you should think. But I do know the difference between fiction and, and reality. And I guess I feel like I don't want to be saying to people, you can't have your fiction. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want to do at all. I, I, didn't, I don't find the appeal in it. And I, I, like I said before, I don't find the appeal in the, a, a rich person having power sexually over a poor person. Does that, is that something that is erotic to you? Not to me. Okay. But, 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 but I get that that could be a fantasy because it is like if you are a poor person – and you're like, I just want somebody to sweep in and take care of me. Then that would be a fantasy for you. And mm-hmm. people have fantasies for like whatever weird reason too. It, just because it isn't mine, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But then I think this book is an is erotica. It's not a romance. Yes, that's what I would say. Is that this is I don't know because I don't know definitively. But you're saying it's erotica, and that was my feeling from Mm -hmm. it so i think if we do books like this what what we need to talk about is was it hot right was it for you yeah i mean they're definitely like there were good sex scenes like i was into some of the sex scenes for sure yeah i thought they were well written sex scenes and i thought it was like the power play and everything like was interesting in the bedroom all the other things that were going on Within the book, I was very disturbed by, but like the sex itself was good. Uh huh. Definitely. Yeah, he. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of pre cum. 
so much pre-cum. There's a lot of cum, just mm-hmm. straight up cum. Um, he, it, it was cool <laughs> that he like <laughs> prematurely ejaculated in his pants the first time. That was funny, I thought. He got really mad, though. Yeah, he <clears> got <throat> mad at everything. For he her. got mad at everything. And that's what I think that was a buzzkill. Because I was like, if he would have been more cool about being a 32-year-old virgin, he just was so angry all the time. It, it, took, yeah. it took away from the, 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 the sensuality of it for me. It, and he was so possessive. The possessiveness was- made me nuts. And I think it's also like if you wanted it to be this kind of story, but instead of having her come in under the guise of being like a cleaner and a cook, you were just like, hey, I'll pay you $1,000 a week to have sex with me. Yeah, she's just a prostitute, basically. She's just a prostitute. And she had talked about like she was friends with prostitutes and she had thought about it before. So it's like, and if they aged her up, I'm like an 18-year-old, that's insane. But like... And that was an agreement that's not like that's good erotica. Like that's definitely not something that I would like want to do myself. But like I get that that is sexy. What was the thought process? Do you think with her being eighteen? Why eighteen? Why couldn't it have been twenty one? I think my issues with this would have been not as much if she was twenty one. Even though it's only four years difference, I still feel like eighteen just seems so young to me. Yes. And also being a virgin at 18 is like fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like that's very normal. Like I think there are a lot of 18 year old virgins. It's not a big deal where it's like if she was 25 or 26, then it's like, all right, well maybe she's like, it's less common, mm-hmm. but fine. I mean, whenever you lose virginity is fine, obviously, but like, I don't know what it could be other than because Alexa Riley is two people. Other than they... Whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> what? Why? Two people? Yeah. Like, uh, they work together? I assume so, because they write under the same name. Is one over each other's shoulder, or mm-hmm. do they do, like, one hand? Like, do they do, like... Yeah, so one, it's one's right hand and one's left hand. And they just, they type away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they just do, like, every other word. It's like a, it's like a word game. That is so cool. It's impressive, like, once you know that. Yeah. So I'm so impressed that this was... <laughs> as coherent uh, yeah, as it as was. coherent as it was. No, I, have no, I don't know their writing process. But unless that is what they do, which is, like, I don't know their whole catalog, and they are just into, like, extreme taboos, so they're like, ooh, let's make it sexier and more taboo that she's 18. That's their thing. Could be. Their next book was about a stepfather, so... I saw that. I didn't read the excerpt. No. Yeah. But then also, I was thinking, like, this is what 14-year-old me would think would be sexy. Really? I think so. Yeah. Like, there is a very juvenile view of relationships and what love is in this, where it's, like, just utter possession. Like, I just love you, and I want to control every bit of you and all that stuff. Where, like, now, if somebody came to me like that, I would be, like... Goodbye, you creep. Yeah. But I think when I'm you're... going to have dinner with my friends. Yeah. So, so good luck with that. But the thing is, too, like for making somebody a billionaire, this is also like a little bit nitpicky, but it's like, yeah, a billionaire isn't my fantasy, but like I get it. Like I get the attracted, the, like the attraction to it. But it's like, so he's a billionaire. So all we know is he has a penthouse in an 
indescript city. What if this is like Cleveland? Like yeah. I'm not impressed with a penthouse in Cleveland. That's a really good point. And and so there was no fantasy of like he was so rich and then we did this and he brought and he bought me all this like uh these like Louis Vuitton bags and he did this or that or like He we, took me to the Met. Yeah. But that was the thing is that this the other thing there was, was no fantasy aspect of that of like what it would be like to be with a rich person. Like we drove around in his Aston Martin or whatever. It I'm like, give me something like that. But she just literally was not allowed to leave the apartment. That's such a great point. We didn't get the rich rich person porn mm-hmm. that I wanted. Because, like, I wouldn't be adverse to being, like, kept by a sugar mama. No. I mean, that's the dream. But if I have to live in, like, Iowa City or something, then no thank you. I mean, no offense to any of our listeners in Iowa City. Yeah, it's just I I want to be able to see movies in limited release. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my life, and I enjoy it. So there, you're right. There's certain places I wouldn't go for a, a billionaire sugar mama. So L.A. and New York. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah, yeah okay. they, they could have made him a gazillionaire. It didn't matter. It wouldn't make a difference. No. They should have been, they should have been like, yeah, he should have had a, a, a huge private jet that they fuck on. Yeah, they don't even, they don't even have like diamond encrusted vapes or anything cool like that. No. This book should have had way more vaping in it. But that's all the books. <laughs> that's just a blanket note yeah yeah just any even if you can you can throw that into even the a regency if you want they probably had something akin to a vape back then yeah there's just not enough vaping in these books <laughs> are there any vape romances probably can we read a vape romance i'll find one can we do a romance that is a man that shifts into a vape <laughs> like he's he's like he turns into a vape pipe and then she's she's sucking on it, and then it, he comes and then to it's life. A dick. Yeah, that's fine. and it tastes like different flavors though. Mm. Like you can refill them with different juices. Oh, I oh, mean, and then he just like he like <laughs> comes vape juice. And then that's how he make he becomes a millionaire because he just is bottling that. I guess he could be a millionaire. Yeah, wait, or billionaire. Who cares? Oh, it doesn't matter. Trajillionaire, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Gazillion. Yeah, gazillionaire. Um, I think there is one section we do need to talk about though towards the end of the book where they have the bath and she has found edible bath soap ed- edible bath bubbles. <laughs> that was so weird that was oh and that was funny too because hank his bodyguard was missing because he was trying to call him and he's like hank's not picking up uh, uh something might be wrong and she's like hey did you know you could eat these uh this bubble bath and then they just do that that was great that's the kind of weird touches that this book needed to be more entertaining yeah that was fun and then yeah there should have been a world where everything was edible yeah or he he should have been like the chocolate mitten yeah his like job should have been making things edible Mm. so like he it's great (laughs) to think that he's a billionaire from making like lamps edible anything you want edible he'll make it edible so is that a thing of that edible bath, uh, like a uh, bubble bath? I have no idea. If if email us if you have edible uh, bubble bath, it, even better, send it. Send us some edible bubble bath. We'll drink it on use air. It. <laughs> I'll drink it on air. No, no, I'll read a book while you munch on some. While I munch on some bubbles. On some vanilla because she called him vanilla. Oh, that because he was so boring. Yeah, and he called her. Oh, we can't, I can't believe it took us this long to talk about it. My little fairy, my fairy, 
Tink, Tinkerbell. And the thing was, she was small in stature and curvy and big breasted, which I found very attractive. I thought that she had an, a, the way they were talking about her, she had a very attractive body. And, you know, she was small and she was a pixie ish girl. So he called her Tinkerbell until you realize she's 18. And then I was completely soured on that imagery. Not that I liked it to begin with, but it made me be like, ooh. Because she had, the reason he called her Tinkerbell, because she had a nightlight uh, or a light that she put on her desk that was Tinkerbell. Because she is a child. <laughs> she believed in Santa Claus four years ago. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, to each their own. This is not reality. It's fantasy. Yeah. So everybody has the right to to have their fantasy. And if you want to explore these sort of things, a book is, this is the book to, like, this is a book to do it. You're mm-hmm. not hurting anybody. You're not hurting yourself. But it's wild. Like, are we, are we too old or have had enough relationships that this kind of book doesn't, work for us anymore because like you said i think you had a good point where if a young person were to read this as a fantasy it's not as loaded with real world experience of things like this happening and having you know several people in my life who i know who've had experience similar to these that are real experiences that makes it hard for me to indulge in this sort of fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you're 14 years old, hopefully you don't know a lot of uh, people who've had these experiences. So it's taboo and new and erotic. I mean, I kept thinking about how many, like, cause definitely when I was like 13, 14, everyone was obsessed with VC Andrews. Do you know her? Oh yeah. Flowers in the Flowers attic. In the, attic and the, the incest thing. Yeah, My Sweet Ardrina, which are books that are so incredibly fucked up. And we read them when we were like 13, 14, because I think we were just interested in taboo. We were just like, what is happening? My sister had those books, too. Yeah. So I'm like, well, is this like that? Then that's fine. Yeah, I think we shouldn't litigate people's fantasies. No. And that's what this is. I mean, you you found it. uh, You got horny from it a little bit. I not so not as much. I this didn't really make me super horny. I need I I think I I'd really like to read a, a full on erotic book that actually like uh, aroused me. This one really didn't. I think you could. Yeah the the smut is there's going to be a lot of smut in our future. Yeah. <laughs> the smut is yet to come. And I don't say that uh, pejoratively. I just think the word smut is fun to say. Oh yeah, I think and also the uh, authors of this book would also call it smut. That's cool. Would we fuck them? No. 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 I would not fuck him because he's too wound tight, and he would come too fast. No offense. And too much. And too there's ah, uh, not too much. Okay. I'm okay with the amount. I, I just don't like the duration is my problem. And listen, n- no shame with somebody who uh, prematurely ejaculates. That's, that's not what I'm shaming. I just think the combination of him being so wound tight and having such a hair trigger is just not sexy to me. I want somebody who can have long, you know, long sex with me <laughs> with a lot of a lot, a lot of the, the, the quantity is perfect, actually. That's the perfect quantity. Too much. I love too much. Excessive amounts. But it's too quick. Buckets. Yeah, yeah. Draw it out. Would you fuck her? No. Because she's 18. 
Uh, not just because oh. she's 18. Okay. I think the um, uh, even like now a lot of it's because she's 18. Definitely. Just the the uh, emotional like maturity's not there. Yeah. So now, so now a a rare no for both. Now I would have. I think I would do uh, Chelsea though. Oh, she seemed cool. Could Chelsea seem cool? She's put together. She's fucking Hank. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. And she helped cover up a murder, yeah. which is something you look for in a partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She gets it, things done. You need to be able to text your partner and say, "Hey, come meet me in the woods. Bring a shovel," mm-hmm. and then not be like, "What? Just do it." <laughs> Do you do that to girlfriends sometimes or you just like to test them? It's a test. Yeah. Yeah. Just meet me in the East River, bring <laughs> some cinder blocks. <laughs> a duct tape. Mm-hmm. I give her a whole list for Home Depot. Um, they never pass this test. No. So that's why I'm desperately single. <laughs> and on a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Can't fly anywhere. <laughs> so I'm always in the city. Um, yeah, I would not as well. Would you fuck Nico? No. The drug dealer? Oh, what was that, too? I know. When he had her, like, kidnapped in a room, and then he... Oh, he... That was that was crazy. He had a girl give him oral sex while he looked at her, her vagina. While he looked at Be- Becca's vagina. Gross. And she was three months pregnant at the time. Um, What star sign do you think each of them are? Did you think about this at all? I did think... That Bray was a Scorpio. I did as well. But I thought Bex was a Cancer. Really? Just because her need to be, maybe it, that, it could have been more nurture versus nature, but I felt her need to kind of be taken care of and wanting somebody to love her so strongly felt like a, 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 a Cancer thing. And also how she reacted to any time she thought Bray was saying bad things about her, how angry and upset and emotional she got. Now, as I said before, she's also a child, so therefore that probably was a lot of the reaction. But I thought she was a cancer for those reasons. And I said I thought she was a Libra. And why a Libra? Because Libras are a little bit rebellious and they're very like, I'm doing this thing and you basically can't stop me from doing this thing. So I feel like whenever she made decisions, she was very like, I don't care the consequences. I'm not going to think about this for more than 30 seconds. I'm just going to go forward with this new plan, which also could be that she's a child. So she isn't thinking a ton about consequences. But yeah, I guess Libra. Cancer's good. I mean, that makes sense. I'm getting closer. Yeah, we both put up a good uh, reason. Ready for Goodreads lists. I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm very curious. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Hero and heroine, both virgin. Fact, yes, true. Insta-love, romance, no cheating. No cheating is in all caps. They did not cheat. There's this weird obsession where it's like, this is a abusive relationship of two very damaged people. But heaven forbid they cheat on each other. I just don't get that vibe. Okay. Now, do you think Bray would have thought that her showing Nico her uh, vagina while Nico was getting head, would that be cheating for him? I feel like he, th- oh, he yeah. think it was. He would punish her for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
because he just he has no he has just no understanding of relationships. Yeah, it's gross. Um, best erotic books with a virgin. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Uh, true alpha males who do not share their women. Not an alpha. He's, he's not, an alpha. No, no, no. He, what well, is if he? He's an al- He's a sicko. An alpha. See, he's an alpha. Yeah, he's an alpha. The, he he. The, here's the thing with the alpha, though. I don't know. Maybe God. He, he just it doesn't does mean such you're a good person because you're an alpha. Service to alphas. <laughs> He does because you love an alpha. I love alphas, but this guy, no. I, I, you know, he might be an alpha, but he's not my alpha. Okay, not my alpha. Hashtag, Hashtag not my alpha. <laughs> yeah, like he gives alphas a bad name. I, no. But I, I get he's, he's controlling. An alpha. He's an alpha hole. He's an alpha. He's an alpha hole. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I agree with that. Which means he's an asshole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I will agree to that, mm-hmm. and only that. <laughs> he should be on a list of alpha holes. Mm-hmm. That was the strange thing about the list that this one was on. It was a lot of like no cheating, and also there's no cheating in most romances. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, alpha males and hot boyfriends at their finest. Certainly not. If that was him at his finest, <laughs> I'd hate to see him at his lowest. Yeah. No. No. Take it off the list. Perfect books with no cheating. You know, this makes me feel like, so when you're younger, I feel like you're very obsessed with cheating. Yes. I feel like cheating is something you're very obsessed with when you're in high school and college and probably early 20s. And then you get into your 30s and you're like, yeah, sure, people (laughs) cheat. I mean, uh, it's going to happen or maybe it doesn't happen, but even like i'd rather not but uh. but and also we all know that we've had so many other relationships and people have cheated and that doesn't make you a bad person if you cheat there's all or there's usually reasons behind cheating that aren't just i don't like you anymore uh so not that i am promoting cheating i wouldn't want to be in a relationship with somebody who cheats or um anything like that but it's not the end of the world Right. Where for young people, cheating is the end of the world because they they own it all. They say it's all me. I am not this or I'm too much that or that's the reason. Most of the time, the reason for someone cheating is has nothing to do with you. I'd say none of the time it has anything to do with you. Pretty much. Yeah. It's very, very, very small amount. It all has to do with the person who cheats. Yeah. But the obsession with no cheating is something that I don't understand with these books where it is like the these are modeling very odd relationships. I don't understand why the cheating is the thing you're focusing on. Yeah. You're, as like the worst possible thing that could happen because this guy uh, forcibly impregnates an 18 year old. And I think that should be it. So uh, so is there a list that's forcible impregnation? No cheating. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I mean, that we'll start that list. Let's start that list. Um, paranormal romances, dystopian, and urban fantasies on Kindle Unlimited. What? I it, don't get it. But 239 people voted for this to be on that. So that's why I was like. paranormal. No, but I was like, is this an urban fantasy? I, I mean, I guess they live in a city. I don't know. But then that's made me be like, okay, so maybe this isn't rooted in reality. Is this in a 
is it in the universe where everything's edible? And that's a dystopia. <laughs> the edible verse. Because then they're like, oh, I don't want to live in a world where I could eat bubbles. F- yeah, I could eat bubbles or I could eat a light bulb or, you know, I could I could eat my gym bag. Like, I mean, people might just not want to have that kind of like life. Right, because what happens to the food service industry? Because you can eat anything, so why go to a restaurant? I go to a restaurant. The economy collapses. Yeah. I could just eat my shoes. Yeah. Did you make a list of tropes? I did. Pre-cum <laughs> is a trope. Virgins. Dual virgins. Which is the title of the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> billionaire. Right? He's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, premature Jack. Eulation. Yeah. Um, stalking. Mm-hmm. He stalked her. Because we realized that he knew a bunch of information about her and her situation before she even stormed in to his board meeting. Mm -hmm. Voyeurism, because there was a scene where he jerks off to her while she's in the bathtub. Remember that scene? Oh, God, that's so fucked up, too. Yeah, yeah. That was like the first night she was there. Oh, yes. Mutual masturbation. They do that. Pregnant sex. And then... This is one that you said was uh, forced pregnancy. All right. You have more? Um, No. What are your tropes? Billionaire hero, secret baby, alpha male, age gap, very possessive, heroin, wrong side of the tracks, controlling hero, forced pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Is forced pregnancy a trope in a lot of books? No. I don't think so. Okay. It's – I've never read it before – and I find it gross and weird. Okay. Yeah. But it is an actual trope that you looked up. I, there's no way to look up a trope. I just make these up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you had a secret book that I wasn't allowed to look at yet. <laughs> no. I give you that 100th episode. I give you my trope book. Oh, that'd be so your little black trope book. Mm-hmm. And I get to look into it. Yeah. That'd be cool. Alas, it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. You got to make it exist. Okay. And make it edible. Obviously. <laughs> tastes like vanilla. Uh, what if it all tasted like vanilla? That would be a bummer. What would be, if you could taste everything in the world that had the same taste, what would you want it to be? Black licorice. Because I'm a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the only one eating anything. Black licorice taste, is the grossest. It's going to taste like either black licorice or tea berry gum. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of like, is this sweet <laughs> or what is tea berry is that kind of like it's sweet for a second <laughs> Tart. And, and then it's but no, then it's yeah. just like it's just like uh, like powder. <laughs> it just tastes like talcum mm. powder. So, Clayton, what are you swooning about this week? Oh, well, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, so I'm swooning about a movie that's very close to my heart, which I just rewatched again three times in a row. Oh, no. A star is born. <laughs> but earth's on the sky, burning in your eyes. You look at me, babe, I want to catch on fire. <laughs> I, I recently got my screeners. I am a SAG-AFTRA member in good standing. <laughs> so the nominations for the SAG Awards came out, and I got my screeners, and one of those screeners happened to be A Star is Born. Which we all saw together, mm-hmm. you, 
producer Patty, myself, and your friend Kelly Mm -hmm. saw it opening night. It was a magical experience. You got misty-eyed? We all got misty-eyed. Okay. Uh, I, I really was worried watching this movie again, especially at home, that uh, it would lose some of its power or its impact uh, on me, but I loved it again the second time I watched it and the third and the fourth time. I'm not even joking. I, I've, I have all these other screeners that I should be watch, that I should be watching, and that's the one that I've watched the most. Uh, I think the music is awesome. I think Bradley Cooper gives an amazing performance. Lady Gaga gives an amazing performance. It's it's a grown-up adult movie that you can watch. Now, it's not technically a romance because it breaks one of the tenets of a romance, but it is a love story, and it really got to me. It's it's something that has stayed with me uh, since I saw it the first time. I'm going to see Lady Gaga in Vegas next month. It's going to be phenomenal. So are you a little monster? I am a little monster. She's my mother monster. Aw. I mean, you got to love Lady Gaga. I, I always respected her before this movie, and now I love her. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Erin, what are you swooning about this week? <laughs> oh, thank you for asking. Um, so I feel like last week my thing was also Netflix, but this week it is Netflix again. But uh, there's a new show that was released called Dairy Girls. Well, the following papers, please report to Sister Michael's office, Erin Quinn, Claire Devlin, Michelle Mallon, Orla McCool, and the way English fella. Perfect yet expelled. Nobody ever actually gets expelled. Wonder Golger hasn't even been expelled and she's an ARA. So that's probably why. And it is about uh, five friends in Derry, Northern Ireland, which is where I lived for a year. This was really fun because I got to see all these old, uh, all my old haunts. And then I got to hear the accent, which is like a very specific accent that was really fun. Um, and it's about them. It takes place in 1992. And it's a just a group of girls going to high school, basically, uh, during the troubles and just sort of how that interacts. But it's like very funny and very light, surprisingly, um, and really, really, really well done. And I loved it. So if you want a good watch, Dairy Girls. Nice. Yeah. So, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Um, like we said at the top, if you rate, review, subscribe, we would love it. Um, if you want to suggest a book, if you have opinions about us or what we said or something to swoon about, just or just want to say hi, email yeah, just us. just say hi. Just say, just, we don't need a reason. Just drop in. It could literally just be topic, hi, body, hi. Two highs. Yeah be great somebody emailed us just to recommend us a podcast episode they thought we'd like that was lovely do something like that um so you can do that follow us on instagram at uh learning the tropes or on twitter at learning tropes um next week we have another suggestion somebody emailed in uh, Andy, I don't know if she wants us to say her last name, so I'm just going to call her Andy. Andy. Uh, Suggested Fury by Laura Ann Doerr. So we're going to be reading that one. I'm excited. 
head. That sounds intense. Yes. I think you're going to like it. Have you read it before? No, but I looked it up and it seemed really fun. So okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to read it. It's, it's very different than anything we've read so far. So I think That's great. I'd love mm-hmm. to be all over the map. Let's do it. I need to figure out what my, what my thing is. I mean, I think we know your thing. Alphas and Regency. <laughs> yeah, alphas and adult breastfeeding. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Yes. Start reading Fury if you want to catch up with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.